Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 3rd of July, 2023, the 14th of Tom Lewis 5783. And as I am recording this podcast here from Judea, Israel, Gush Etzion, the IDF in the middle of the night has launched a major, extensive military operation targeting the terrorist infrastructure in the town of Jenin. That's the Palestinian Authority-controlled town of Jenin. Again, this began at 1.15 a.m. local time. As reported here by the Jewish press, the IDF launched an extensive military operation overnight. Terrorist targets were attacked from the air, including the unified headquarters of the terrorist factions inside what they call the refugee camp of Janine. PA Media reported three dead, and I just heard just several minutes ago the news is coming in fast and furious. I heard of seven terrorists who were killed, at least 25 wounded, several in serious condition. Thank God no Israeli casualties reported. The IDF says the purpose of the operation is to restore, restore Israeli deterrence in northern Samaria, especially in Janine, hundreds of fighters from the uh, commando brigades and elite units are participating in the operation, accompanied by dozens of aircraft and engineering vehicles. According to a security source, the IDF boosted the air defense systems in the south at the same time for fear of rocket attacks from Gaza. The name of the operation, Bayit Vigan, literally translated into home and garden, began here. It says 1.20 a.m. with an air attack on Janine. The decision to launch the operation was received some two weeks ago. And, then to, and the Netanyahu government waited for the end of the Muslim holiday called, in Hebrew, the, the, uh, the Korban, the Sacrifice. According to Khan 11 News, the PA in Ramallah was informed ahead of the operation. I just read somewhere also this morning that the PA actually arrested some of the terrorists um, who they knew would be targeting IDF soldiers in this operation. At the same time, the PA condemning the operation and accusing Israel of carrying out you know, massacres and whatnot. So they're playing both sides here. The Palestinian Authority are so-called peace partners here. Uh, going back to the Jewish press report here, the main target of the initial launch of the operation was the terrorist headquarters inside Janine, which gave shelter to terrorists who have been recently involved in terror attacks. IDF spokesman Brigadier General Daniel Hagari, or Hagari, reported Explosives were found in the refugee camp that the terrorists planted to throw, planned rather, to throw at the fighters. In this part of his statement, I have a little bit of a problem with it. He says here, we did not come to occupy the camp. This is not an operation against the Palestinian Authority, but against terrorism and the terrorist organizations in Janine that make, that make the lives of the citizens there terrible. I apologize a little bit hoarse this morning. I don't like the fact that we're saying this is not a an operation against the Palestinian Authority when you do have 
Palestinian Authority groups, such as the so-called Al-Aqsa Brigade, they are involved in the terrorism. And I don't, I don't ever want to see the IDF fighting in any military operations to bolster the Palestinian Authority. I don't think we should be saying this is not an operation against the Palestinian Authority when you do have terrorists who are affiliated with the Palestinian Authority. So I think that's a mistake personally in the statement. I think the IDF should have said, we are fighting the terrorists, whomever they may be. That's what I would have said. But anyway, uh, that's what's going on. And I've said it with uh, Gaza. I've said it in other situations. And I'll say it here with Judea and Samaria, specifically Janine. I never want to see the IDF fighting to bolster the Palestinian Authority. If that's part of the goal, then I'm against such operations. Obviously, I'm not against the IDF targeting terrorists and taking out the bad guys. That's for sure. But there needs to be an end game. And the end game to me is the Palestinian Authority going back from where they came from, going back to North Africa on their boats, sending them packing. And then the, the there are those out there who will argue, well, there'll be a vacuum and Hamas will take over. But we've discussed this for years now. If it's not the Palestinian Authority, then it's Hamas. And then Hamas gets becomes legitimized. And then the PIJ, the Islamic Jihad, they become the bad guys. And if it's not them, then perhaps it's an ISIS-affiliated group. They become the terrorists. These are all different factions And when it comes to Israel, they may not like each other, but when it comes to Israel, they are all united in in their goal of the destruction of the Jewish state of Israel. That is their goal. And they should all be sent packing, every one of these terrorist organizations. So not happy with that statement that I just read. But please God, most importantly, may God protect the soldiers of the Israel Defense Forces. May God protect the soldiers uh, um, and the security personnel and everyone involved in the operation in Janine. We'll see how long this goes. We'll see how far this goes. And please, God, only success for our IDF troops. May they all come home safely. That's what I want to focus on right now. And honestly, I could end this podcast right now and call it a day and just wish all the best to our troops to the security forces or whatnot. There are a lot of other things going on in the news. I'm not going to call it a day right here. All of that was not planned for today's podcast, but that's what happened in the last eight, nine hours or so. And let's hope for the best. We will get to other news here. A lot of it related, of course. Uh, JNS reported yesterday that Israeli fighter jets struck an anti-aircraft battery in Syria on Saturday night after a Syrian anti-aircraft missile exploded in Israeli airspace. According to a statement by the IDF, the missile exploded over southern Israel with shrapnel found in the Bedouin town of Rahat. No casualties reported. In other words, this uh, missile launched by Syria traveled possibly around 250 miles or so. Some of those parts of the rocket which exploded somehow, I guess, self-detonated 
malfunctioned or whatnot, landed near a children's bedroom in Rahat. And I'll tell you, it was 12.30 Saturday night. I was watching TV in my basement. And all of a sudden, I heard this boom. And I'm here in Gush Etzion. Okay, that's like an hour and a half, maybe 50, 60 kilometers, if not more, away from Rahat. And all of a sudden, my house here in Gush Etzion shook. And I thought somebody dropped something. I didn't know what was going on. I heard it. I felt it. And it turns out it was this rocket or missile launched from Syria, which landed in southern Israel. Uh, of course, we have to remember, whether it's Syria or Hezbollah, Lebanon, they have these rockets aimed at the Jewish state. And eventually we'll have to deal with all of this, um, whether it's sooner or later. But another Iranian proxy um, situated in, in northern Israel, uh, on the border of northern Israel, in Syria and in Lebanon, various, I should say, various Iranian proxies. And it's something Israel's going to have to deal with. Certainly, the nuclear threat um, will have to be dealt with. Switching gears here, JNS also reported yesterday, Israeli police and the Shin Bet Israel Security Agency on Saturday night arrested a 26-year-old resident of Kfar Saba in connection with a death threat against Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. For those of you who are unaware, the rhetoric against our leadership is in some situations out of control. Um, there was a report that a threatening letter, you talk about a a scumbag of a person placing a threatening letter on the grave of the late Yoni Netanyahu, the prime minister's brother who was killed in the 1976 raid on Entebbe. So somebody put a threatening letter at the Mount Herzl National Military Cemetery in Jerusalem on the grave of Yoni Netanyahu. The suspect was arrested, admitted to, to writing the letter and putting it on his grave. Um, all different types of threats against the Prime Minister. Uh, it was just last week on the Hebrew calendar. Of course, those who remember, it was July 4th, 1976. But on the Hebrew calendar, the Prime Minister and his brother Ido participated in a memorial ceremony for Yoni, marking 47 years since the raid on Entebbe. At the same time, Israeli media also reported that another uh, Israeli a resident of Kiryat Gat was arrested after calling the police station and threatening to kill the prime minister. So all of this rhetoric, hate speech, all of these threats against the prime minister and other uh, security uh, personnel and government politicians and whatnot, and it's completely unacceptable. As I'm getting reports here of another terrorist uh, killed in Janin, thank God. Again, these reports are coming in by the minute, and I'll try to read if there any other reports um, come out during the course of this recording. We'll try to get those out as well. Attacks being carried out by uh, through the air by Israel Defense Forces against the terrorist infrastructure there in Janine. As all this is happening, Times of Israel reported over the weekend that Palestinian Islamic Jihad chief Zaid Nakala said in an interview released on Saturday 
that his Iran-backed Iranian-backed terror group was working to establish cells of fighters throughout Judea and Samaria. So here you have another terrorist group trying to get in on the action, trying to establish these terror cells to harm Jews in Judea and Samaria. Uh, different fighting battalions, as they call them. They're working to man manufacture explosives, distribute arms. Some of them linked two uh, gunmen affiliated with the Palestinian Authority, uh, Mahmoud Abbas's uh, ruling Fatah party. Again, two sides of the same coin here. When it comes to attacking Israel, they are on the same page. Let's remember the PIJ claimed responsibility for a massive roadside bomb that wounded eight Israeli soldiers during clashes in Janine last month. One of the reasons that the IDF is in Janine today. Folks, it is time to cut the heads off the snakes, whether they are in Syria or in Ramallah. And this report just shows you, again, that they're all on the same side when it comes to hating Israel, hating Jews. This is Jew, Jew hatred, folks. And this is how it's manifesting, putting together these terror cells to attack here in the Jewish state. I know the world community will not refer to this as anti-Semitism or Jew hatred, but that's what this is, Jew hatred. And, you know, the greatest failure of Oslo was, or one of the greatest failures, if not the greatest failure, was the fact that we trained and armed the Palestinian Authority in, in collaboration with the United States. The logic, remember, the logic was that the PA was going to fight against the terrorists while they themselves are the terrorists. Just said it a few minutes ago, Iran is at the top with all the branches, the te uh, tentacles of the Iranian terror regime. And this will have to be dealt with even as the Biden administration chooses to appease the terrorists in Iran and strengthen them instead of marginalizing them, which was the policy under President Trump. Um, also related here, reported yesterday by the Jerusalem Post, as all this is going on, the PA is promoting the idea of deploying an international force in Judea and Samaria to protect Arabs against what they call settler violence. That's what PA officials said over the weekend. This proposal has been brought to the attention of the UN and the European Union. This is the Palestinian Authority, remember, following recent attacks by so-called settlers on Arab towns. They blame the Israeli government or whatnot. Um, and they say the only way to stop the attacks is by having international troops in the area. And of course, this is what the PA wants. But nobody is calling for forces, international forces, to stop terrorism against the Jews. Now, let me be clear. I would not welcome any type of international force. I don't ever want boots on the ground from any other country in the world or the UN. This is Israel. The IDF protects Israelis as they are doing this morning. We can never rely on anybody for the protection of the Jewish people. We've learned that lesson before. I just find it ironic how none of these hypocrites ever talk about protecting Jewish lives. But as we know, Jewish lives do not matter to the UN to the EU and the others. 
and look at the joke, which is the United Nations in, in Lebanon, for example. What are they doing in Lebanon? Absolutely nothing to prevent Hezbollah from building a missile or rocket arsenal. And what are all these UN people doing here in Israel? Just drive around the country, you'll see UN vehicles. They drive around in their cars and they park on the sidewalks illegally. They go party in Tel Aviv. They get coffee in Jerusalem. What a waste of time. What a waste of money. Send these UN forces to places like Uganda or Syria or somewhere where there is an actual war taking place. But no, they are here to monitor Jews. That's why they're here. That's what this is all about. It's just sick. The obsession is just sick. And for some reason, we put up with it. We put up with the UN here, waltzing around, partying, doing nothing for the sake of peace. Send them to one of these countries. Send them to the Sudan. Send them to somewhere where they can at least pretend that they're you know, engaged in restoring calm because they're certainly not doing that here in Israel. Maybe they're pretending, but in reality, they're hanging out and partying in Tel Aviv. Reported here, switching gears by the Jewish press. Yesterday, when it comes to the United States Supreme Court, after the court made a decision that the Biden administration did not agree with, this had to do with affirmative action and higher education admissions, President Biden tweeted that, quote, we cannot let the Supreme Court's decision on affirmative action be the last word. Interesting, right? Biden wants the Israeli Supreme Court to have the last word in Israel, but not the Supreme Court in the United States. Uh, international law expert Eugene Kantorovich sarcastically raised the issue of the Biden administration not only disrespecting the decisions of the U.S. Supreme Court, but that President Biden is also threatening to take steps to bypass the Supreme Court's decision. Kantorovich stated cynically, Israeli officials should raise serious concerns about threats to the rule of law and judicial independence in the U.S., which threaten our common values. The Jewish press here says the primary difference between the two countries is that, is that while Biden may not like the U.S. Supreme Court's decision, it was made legally. In Israel, however, many decisions by the Israeli Supreme Court are not backed up by a legal or constitutional authority or mandate to make such decisions, and that's one of the issues that the Israeli judicial reform bills, which Biden opposes, has been trying to legislate and fix. Hypocrisy from the Biden administration. More hypocrisy from, the, from Biden and company. They do not want the U.S. Supreme Court to meddle and rule on issues that they are contradictory to what they believe in. But here in Israel, they want the Supreme Court to be all-powerful. They're hypocrites on so many levels. They are obsessed with Israel. They are appeasing Iran, ignoring violence and terrorism in Africa and other places around the world, and going crazy, of course, about Jews building homes and schools in Judea. And that is what we are dealing with with the administration in Washington, unfortunately. But that is the reality of the situation. Uh, moving on here to France. And this, on any other day, maybe this would have been a top story. Maybe you've seen by now the images of the riots taking place in France. 
at times of Israel reports, it all comes back to the Jews, right? All these incidents somehow come back to the Jews. A memorial, memorial to Holocaust victims and members of the French resistance in World War II was defaced with graffiti on Thursday during widespread rioting. This happened after police shot a teenager in a Paris suburb, a Muslim teenager. So here you have this memorial in France um, in a place called, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it correctly, Nanteray, which honors the 200,000 deported to Nazi concentration camps from France during World War II against those who fought against fascism. The memorial vandalized during the riots after the 17-year-old uh, was, he was in fact killed by police in that town on Tuesday. There, were, there was another video circulating with graffiti saying, we are going to, uh, we're going to have another Shoah or Holocaust. That was sprayed uh, near this uh, memorial. The writing has raged in cities across France since Tuesday, despite a huge police deployment with cars and buildings set ablaze and, stu- and stores rather looted. And of course, at the end of the day, um, this is when the anti-Semites use the opportunity to come out in full force. Anytime there's something going on in the world, the anti-Semites have to take advantage of the situation. And that is when they show their true colors and lash out against, um, against the Jewish people. The Israeli government on Sunday condemned a wave of anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic attacks in France. It's not just this one, uh, you know, incident at this memorial. And uh, the Israeli government gives its counterpart in France full backing in its battle against anti-Semitism. Prime Minister Netanyahu said at Sunday's cabinet meeting in Jerusalem. Uh, he also condemned attacks against Jewish sites in France. He mentioned the Holocaust Memorial site. <clears throat> which was vandalized. Listen, Jews in France, maybe, maybe now it's time to come home to Israel. I know a lot of French Jews in recent years have left as a result of anti-Semitism. It's getting worse and worse. It is time to come home, folks. Don't wait until it's too late. That is my message today to French Jewry. And after all of that, again, monitoring very closely situation in Janine finishing here on some some positive news it's been a banner summer for Israeli soccer as reported by the Jerusalem Post more and more accomplishments more success for Israeli soccer teams the under 21 national team defeated Georgia not Atlanta Georgia but the country of Georgia the former uh, Russian or Soviet territory of Gorgia, as it's pronounced in Hebrew. The under-21 national team won on penalties. It was 0-0, went into overtime, and then there was a penalty shootout. Israel won 4-3 on Saturday night to punch its ticket to the semifinals of the European Championships as the young blue and white continue to be the talk of the football world. If you remember, Israel's under-20 soccer team clinched third place at the Youth World Cup Tournament last month. And now, 
Israel will be facing either either England, I believe, or Portugal on Wednesday with a with an opportunity to reach the finals. And whatever happens, win, lose, obviously we want Israel to win the entire tournament. Whatever happens, a huge accomplishment. From what I, from what I understand, from what I read, again, I'm not an expert on uh, international soccer or football, as it's called. From what I understand, Israel has qualified. The Israeli soccer team has qualified for the Olympics next year. That's what I understand from all the success that they've had uh, in the, particularly in the under 21 or the under 20 divisions. Uh, congratulations to the Israeli national under 21 soccer team. And let's uh, let's go for the gold. Hopefully they will win on Wednesday, advance to the finals and win it all. As we finish today's show, again, let us send our tefillot, our prayers to the men and women, the brave heroes defending the state of Israel and the Jewish people this morning who are in Janine. I don't know how long this operation dubbed Bayit Vegan will last. Maybe a day, maybe a week, maybe longer. But the terrorist infrastructure in Janine and other, uh, other cities controlled by the PA must be demolished. Again, let's just pray for our troops. As I'm listening here, to building taking place here in Gush Etzion. I hear the work of heavy machinery. I believe they are expanding the roads uh, out here in Gush Etzion, building and growing and thriving here in Judea and in Samaria and in Jerusalem and throughout the entire Jewish state. We need to continue to build and to grow and to destroy those who seek us harm. And on that note, shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. My name is Josh Haston. For the 3rd of July, 2023, the 14th of Tom Moose 5783. Hope you are well. Hope you are safe in your part of the world. Get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Feel free to be in touch. Wishing everyone out there a wonderful, wonderful week from Judea, Gush Etzion, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Let's be safe. Have a great week, everybody. This is Eve Harrow for the Land of Israel Network, hearing views and interviews with fascinating people, some well-known, others homegrown, about places I guide ideas I have to get you thinking too. It's about the land. It's about my people. It's about our collective journey. Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow on the Land of Israel Network. Listen in. Share the ride.